What's up, my people? You know what time it is. It's the Buy Back Black Business of the Week. <laughs> I'll never get tired of saying that, even though it's very hard. Um, this week, I wanted to highlight um, something so great. Um, um, a, a teen, an autistic teen from um, Florida wrote a book um, to help kids cope with the pandemic of last year. Um, say his name. His name is Trey Shepard. Uh, he was diagnosed with autism when he was three years old. Despite that, he exceeded all expectations. Um, he grew up to be on the honor roll, to be an honor roll student, to be very active and a well-rounded kid. Um, and his mom started noticing that during the pandemic, he started to, uh, regress a little bit and start having extreme signs of anxiety and really having a hard understanding of what's going on and really not be able to express himself um, and communicate how he feels, even though he had surpassed all expectations for himself. So what she started doing was journaling with her son in order for him to like express his feelings about school and missing it and missing his friends and you know the state of the world and what we were in um and this simple um coping mechanism that that Natalie Shepherd say her name Natalie Shepherd uh started with her son turned into a book idea right um and um because she was just wondering how other kids were coping and having, uh, 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 and, and she realized there were some other kids probably having difficulty understanding what is going on in our world and parents not having the easiest time trying to explain a pandemic or, or, or the severity of why we can't go see grandmother or why we can't really interact with a lot of people or why we have to wear a mask and everything like that. Um, since the book has been published and released in July, the book has sold over, sold more than 250 copies and reached homes and classrooms across states, including New York, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Illinois. Um, when Trey, the author, was asked about becoming an author and what that meant to him, what it felt like, he said, I feel excited because it's my favorite book. I'm a published author. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I think that's amazing. Uh, shout outs to Natalie Shepard for 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 being a hands on mom and um, for for really uh, uh, noticing that your child needed needed help and you stepping in and. And, and, and realizing that there's other kids that are struggling too. And shout out to Trey Shepard for, for being an amazing young man and uh, for being a published author at 13 and selling so much. So guys, the name of the book is The Day My World Changed. Okay, The Day My World Changed. And it can be found on Amazon. Um, you have to go through the buying options because this thing is a hot commodity. Let me tell you. Okay. Um, but I looked it up and it was $14.99. Um, I'm definitely going to get this for, for some of my nieces and nephews. So it's easier to explain to them what's going on and how the world has changed. Uh, it's a paperback book. It's kid-friendly. It's so beautiful. Once again, Trey and Natalie live in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, wow, this is just this is just beautiful. And um, 
shout out to you guys for for this and guys go blow up this young man's sales um, 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 take the numbers high take the numbers high this is beautiful happening a young beautiful black young entrepreneur um, Arthur um, making ways by caring for other people you gotta love it all right let's get to the show where's that music at And this is Mind Your Business Podcast, where your mind should forever be your business. How y'all doing today? Happy Friday. You made it through another week. You know, uh, uh, you're here, you're present in the world. It might not have been an easy week and it might have been a beautiful week for you. But guess what? You survived through it. And now it's time to weekend like you ought to. Um, (laughs) If you're new to the podcast, hello, 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 hello. This is uh, the Zamo, and we just come here to talk and, um, you know, focus on our mental health and our awareness, right? So, um, y'all, I've been having a rough week. This has been the second week in a row that's been rough, but... um, I'm getting more optimistic about it during as as it goes on. You know, it's the challenge of the mind. You know, mentally has been a tough week. It hasn't been any outside sources. It's really been a mental thing. Um, just trying to get back to myself and get back to 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 pieces of me and really decipher through a lot of things. Um, but you know, as always. You know, life um, um, imitates art. <laughs> so, um, you know, really, uh, really, this week's topic is uh, is personal again to me. Um, and I thought I should share it because um, I know that I'm not the only person that's dealing with it. And, you know, oftentimes there's such a narrative to... Um, to certain things that we don't look at the opposite side, the other side of it, you know? Um, so this week, I, would, I definitely wanted to talk about letting go. And, you know, most of the times when we uh, talk about letting go, it's more of the, you know, moving past the negative in our life and making amends and relieving yourself of that burden, lifting, lifting that up off of you, Um you know, standing on your own feet and feeling proud of the decision you make, which is all true, which is all fine and dandy. But um, we never talk about the flip side of letting go, the hurtful side of letting go, the pain that is associated with letting go, the reason why we won't let go, um, the process of moving on and letting go. These things we don't talk about so often because it's not uh, popular um, it's not able to be sensationalized. It's not able to be, uh, 
all peachy keen, positive, you know, unicorns and rainbows. And, and a lot of times when it comes to aspects of healing um, and aspects of mental health and aspects of of bettering oneself and getting oneself to be um, uh, better mentally, we 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 focus on the the beautiful parts of it. And a lot of times we don't focus on the ugly, gritty, downright, uh, uh, life-snatching, uh, detrimental parts of healing. And that's one thing I love about this platform and I love about our community and I love about the boldness and the rawness of Mind Your Business podcast is because we want to look at all aspects of healing, right? You know what I'm saying? We want to look at all aspects of mental health, right? It's not always about the beautiful sensationalized or 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 uh digestible aspects of mental health it's also the aspects that we don't want to hear it's also the scary reality of a lot of mental health uh, um, um, situations it's also the 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 most extreme in the worst circumstances that we talk about on here and you know I'm grateful and gracious for you guys who, who stick with me because I know sometimes it can get a little ugly. I know sometimes it can get a little dark. It can get a little emotional. But um, there are things that we have to talk about. There are things that we have to address and, and, and sit on because I would not feel right knowing that I gave information and and gave a narrative in which Somebody is not prepared for the journey ahead. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people will give you the cliche wording and tell you it's going to be all right. But how do I know it's going to be all right? How, what are the steps I take to know and to cognitively get to the, to the understanding of it's going to be all right? How do I comprehend that without taking a cliche phrase? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's my duty to always give the good and the bad of a situation. That way, you know what's ahead. And it's just not like, hey, Damo, you told me this was going to be like this. And this ended up happening. No, 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 no. Trust me. You're going to get the good and you're going to get the bad of an ass of a situation. So you're prepared. So you're equipped for the journey ahead, for the fight ahead, for the battle ahead. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely wanted to make sure I hit on the other side of letting go. Um, for you guys today and because I'm actually in the process right now of, of trying to let go and, um, I'm in a place of newness and it's been not, I'm not, here's the thing. Let me not say that. I'm not in a place of newness yet. I'm in limbo. You know what I'm saying? And that's when you, you have to let go of the situation. You're not quite accepted yet. You're not, you haven't quite moved on, but you're not still in the situation. You're just in the middle. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're in the, you're just in the middle. You're in the purgatory of it. That's where I am. And, um, because of that, I started sensing that this week hasn't been really productive, nor has it been, um, really, um, good for me because I'm in that purgatory. You know what I'm saying? And not to say that this week didn't have some highlights, it did, and I do acknowledge those, but I also realized that I'm in the purgatory 
of, 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 of a situation and moving on or trying to move on and or grasping with the reality of what happened. And it's causing me to, to, to feel away. I almost feel like I'm grieving, you know, and, and most people would think that it's a positive um, thing to let go. And it's an easy thing or, or not a positive. It's a negative thing. I let go. And, um, that's good. I should feel lifted. I should feel, um, lighter, but and in, in the aspect that I do feel that I also feel grief. I also feel guilt. I also feel loss. I also feel saddened. I don't feel the relief just yet. I feel the grief of it. I, I feel like I'm grieving. I'm going through the grieving process. So, um, I definitely wanted to come in and talk about that because I know that I'm probably not the only person who's ever experienced that or that's living there. And, um, I think it's something that's not really touched on that much. So, you know, take this walk with me, y'all hear me out. Take this walk with me. Um, this is good. This is good. So let's get into it. Y'all ready? Let's plug in. Let's turn it up. Let's get into it. All right. So let's get into it. Today's topic is on letting go. The other side of letting go. Right. And like I mentioned before, we talk about letting go easily. You know, after a relationship, you let go or letting go of the past or letting go of past traumas, letting go of ideas. Um, There's so many things you can you can let go of. Um, And personally, um, I struggle with that. I struggle with letting things go. Um, Some would say that I'm my father's child and I hold grudges. Um, and, 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 in a way, yeah, I have in the past held on to grievances and, uh, uh, things that people have done to me and, um, carry it with me, uh, to the point that it could be seven years later and I'm still holding on to it. Or I could see the person is the first thing I bring up. Um, over the past year, like I've been telling you guys, I've been going on this journey of like discovering who I am, self-realization, elevation, um, enlightenment. And, uh, I was test with this, uh, idea of still holding grudges when, um, it came to a situation of somebody I've been friends with for a long time and I felt they had hurt me. Um, and, um, they approached me with an apology. And in that, in that moment, I did not react how I usually do react. I took a different approach and I, I let it go, you know, and I kind of just continued to live on and just, you know, uh, made my bed with it. I accepted it what it was, um, which is different. Which, you know, it, it's good. I let go of a negative thing of grudges and it, it gave me a relief. Um, but there are some aspects in life in which I know I and some other people probably still do have a difficulty in letting go. Um, and recently I uh, let go of a relationship, a romantic relationship that I have. And... You know, it would be seen for the better, for great for my well-being, um, great for my purpose and, and my direction in life. 
Yet, for some reason, I feel distraught. I feel hurt. I'm I'm grieving, you know, because it's something that I depended on. And it's something that um, I got my hopes so high about. And even still, the, the gentleman is not a bad person or he's not a one of those dudes who are just out here breaking girls' hearts or anything of that nature. It was just the timing was off. And he still had a lot of healing within himself and his situations and 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 things in his life that he didn't let go of that burdened the relationship and you know caused it to have to end on such horrible terms, you know. So having to make that decision to separate myself and exclude that person from my life um, hurt, hurts, hurts me currently. Um, and um, it's really hard. I'm finding it very difficult to cope. Um, I have been, I haven't gone into any bad coping mechanisms, but I find myself being really withdrawn, um, a little depressed. Um, it, it was traumatic, you know, was it a traumatic experience, a traumatic breakup? Um, and to really care for someone, uh, to really, really, really care about somebody and care for someone and to have strong feelings for someone it's it wasn't an easy thing to do though it was necessary um and a lot of it is because i had these ideals and fantasies of a certain way of life that i find myself grasping for at any point that i can see it being possible out of fear you know a lot of it is fear of of being alone fear of you know, I'm about to be 29 in a few weeks and not wanting to feel like an old maiden. Like, you know, like like marriage and kids are never in my grasp or my reach or fears of being an older mom or, you know, fears of complications of not being able to have kids because I'm older or fear of men looking at me as a something's got to be wrong with her. She's 29 and she has no kids. She's almost 30. She has no husband. Nobody's dating her. Nobody wants her. You know, those stipulations, family putting pressure of, 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 oh, you're getting older. When I'm going to have some grandkids, when I have some nieces and nephews, like things of that nature, all the pressures of getting older and being an older woman play on me. And it, and it, and it, it you were to ask anybody when I was younger, oh, I was going to be married by 25. I had my whole life planned out. And it's kind of, hurting me that I haven't met any of my quote-unquote goals because um, I have these ideas and aspects of my life that um, that aren't happening so I feel as if I'm failing or feel as if I'm 
like not enough or it will never happen, right? So that's kind of where this idea of the other side of letting go came from because where other times I've let things go and it's been beneficial and I felt great and I just moved forward and I was like, whoa, this is great. Right now, I'm grieving. Um, and I don't know which direction to go or what I feel. You know, so anyway, let's just, just drop more into um, letting go. Um, hmm. The act of letting go is to dismiss yourself from something that no longer serves you, right? I've been saying that a lot. Um, and I got that from my friend, my friend Jay Bird. She always says, you know, something that doesn't serve you. And it's something that I started to take along with me in life, um, really talking about how, it, how stuff serves me. If it gives purpose to my life, if it gives um, direction to my life, if it gives meaning to my life anymore, if it no longer serves me, it's no longer allowed in my space. It's no longer allowed in my realm. You know what I'm saying? Um, letting go of stuff can be habits, relationships, ideation, ideals, sorry, <laughs> ideals, fantasies, uh, a job, um, an old dream, a way of thinking, um, memories, um, letting go of all these things can, can sometimes be beneficial for you and sometimes be detrimental for you. Uh, but you have to decipher if it no longer serves you, if it no longer serves a purpose to you. Um, I love the example that an article gave saying letting go is as if you were giving a new object. And you don't know anything about the object and you step back and you examine it. And then you, based off your observation, you make a conclusion of what it is and what it serves the purpose for. Um, and in the article, the author said, letting go is giving or taking a distance from something that you are looking at. Because your eyes are cloudy, you, you're taking a different approach or look at it. And this, this is more powerful to me. The author said, letting go is no longer fighting or giving resistance to something that is the way it is. Mm. Let me just sit there for a quick minute. Something that you need to let go of sometimes needs to be looked at from a different distance. Okay. It's no longer fighting or giving resistance to something that is the way it is. A lot of times, and I can speak to this myself, we get so caught up on the way something looks or what it's perceived to be or its potential that we get wrapped up in that, in that alone. And we fight to see the other side of what that thing is. We fight to see um, the reality that we might not be facing, you know? And that's when stepping aside 
and evaluating a situation comes into place. I thought that to be very powerful because if I can bring it back to uh, my own personal situation, I thought that I saw somebody for who, who, for who they were, and yet I saw beyond that. I saw the loving aspects. I saw the, the future ahead. I saw the beauty and the experience. But yet I was trying to fight against what the person was. And try to create my own narrative of what the person was when they weren't ready to step into that light. Oh, I'm calling myself out. And because I fought with that and I didn't want to face what it was. Now, here's the thing. Now, I say I know what I signed up for. And I did accept the person for 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 who they were and what they came with in the baggage and all things like that. But yet, in my mind, I resisted what I knew could be, what could happen. I resisted in my mind. Not that I spoke it to that person. I resisted it in my mind because in my mind, no, 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 no. It's going to be work. It's going to work. It's going to be prosperous. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to be that, 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 that. But I neglected to see the struggle that that person was having. Because I was so caught in my own fantasy in my mind. Hmm. Wow. I was stuck in a realm in which I thought was, you know. I don't even know. Trying to do this without getting emotional. I saw the vision and wanted it so much that I forgot to look at the present. And that's a hard thing to admit. It's a hard thing to admit. Because even though the person was a great person to me and he was a great, great partner, there were still battles he was having and um, I glazed over that. And let me just tell y'all this. This is not self-blaming. I'm not blaming myself. I just know the part in which I, I looked over. And in that aspect, that's why it's hard to let go. Of not just the individual, but the situation and the idea of a future. Okay, so taking personal issue aside, I want to start like diving more into, um, you know, more of, of what letting go is. So like I said before, uh, letting go is giving or taking a distance from something that you are looking at to get a clearer view um, of what's going on. Um, a lot of times when letting go of something, we can get stuck on three different levels. There is the 
physical level, which is environment, structure. Um, there's the mental level, which are beliefs and um, strategy. Um, there is also the interacting level, which are habits, communication, and networking, right? So I want to break down each level and, and what they're kind of, um, what they signify. Um, so the physical level is just on a physical, um, uh, a physical situation. Um, uh, it's more of a strategic level in which you're, um, trying to, uh, let me, let me see. Um, hmm. Trying to figure out a great way to do it. Okay, getting stuck in physical level is kind of getting like stuck in the moment um, that you felt an emotion and um, you couldn't let go of that. Um, it could be, okay, here's an example right here. I'm going to read it for you. Okay, you're in the car driving home from work and you are in a pretty good mood standing in front of a red traffic light. You daydream of how you will surprise your wife or husband with a self-made dinner. Two seconds later, two seconds later, you are brutally awakened out of your pleasant daydream because somebody is honking madly and you see a red-faced man waving his fist in the back mirror. What the F? You become pissed yourself and scream back in the car, even though you say he can't hear you. When he turns the side street, you continue... When you, even when he turns to the side street, you continue the road and when arriving home, thoughts from making dinner are no longer. Oh, thoughts of making dinner are gone and forgotten. Instead, your bad mood isn't over yet and spoils the rest of the evening. Okay, so that's being stuck on a physical level, right? Your environment, your structure, having your mood abruptly changed and you can't get out of that spectrum because... Um, you're just stuck there, right? So for the physical level, it's all about acceptance, right? You have to take the distance and look at what's going on and 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 how you can take yourself out of it, right? It's acceptance of the situation. So you're stepping away and you're like, okay, this is what happened. I was daydreaming. I was in a good mood. This is what happened. This is how that made me feel. Now, the situation is done and over with. I don't know who that person is. I have no ability to be able to grab that person and let them know how I feel. I need to take the actions into moving forward, right? So this level is about acceptance, to take distance, to think about how you feel and write the situation. Now, yes, it does have some mental aspects in it, but in that physical moment, how can I accept what happened and move on? Okay, so then you have the mental, when you're stuck on the mental level, that's beliefs. Now, this has a lot to do with the past and the future. It never really has to do with the present. It's more of being stuck on a certain belief of something that's happened before or, or stuck on a certain belief of what's going to come 
in the foreground in 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 the for in the future <laughs> of of your life, right? Um, so here's another example, right? You have a chance for a promotion, but last time there was a chance for a promotion, you didn't get it. Your partner, who is far less competent in your eyes, got the promotion and you started believing that you will never get promoted. Now there's a new chance for that, but your belief about it might sabotage the whole thing, right? So you're fixated on something that happened before and scared for the future because of what happened before, right? So it's also like a person that's dating, right? Somebody approaches you and wants to date you and has dreads, but you're afraid that they're going to be like your ex who also had dreads and treated you so nicely. So you're scared to even open up that door and to date again, right? It's because you're stuck on the level, you're stuck on the mental level. In fact, that what happened in the past will be detrimental to your future with you're carrying past things into the future. The way to kind of like being stuck on that level is all about learning, right? It's where fear and your lack of confidence meet. And that's where they reside. In order to overcome being stuck on the mental level, you have to overcome your fear and lack of confidence. Yeah, so-and-so who had dreads might have hurt me before, but it doesn't mean that this person in front of me will 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 do that same thing just based off their appearance, just based off of them having dreads like somebody had before. That might be a trigger point, but it doesn't mean that this person is going to carry the same traits. It doesn't mean this person is going to do produce the same actions, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you mentally have to get out of that space. You have to um, diminish your fear, build up your confidence in order to move forward. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then the last level is just the interacting level. Um, man, okay, let me think. Um, okay. Here's an example for that. Uh, so imagine that your employee calls in sick. You automatically sigh and ask him or her for how long. You don't ask about the health or how he or she is doing. Or you have the tendency to go smoke whenever a colleague goes out the door to have a cigarette. You notice that actually you don't want one or at the moment, but still you go for one. So um, being stuck on the interaction level, which is like your communication, your your nonverbal communication and your verbal communication, um, it's just basically about habits And, and habits that you just do at a routine. You kind of really don't like think on it, right? You don't know the triggers or what causes the action. You just do it. Um, well, habits are extremely dependent upon, well, habits are extremely content dependent, right? Um, so it's whatever the contents that you're in that uh, triggers your dependency or however you want to put it, right? Um, you need to become aware of those triggers that that cause you to react in a certain way and that cause you to communicate in a certain way and understand why it is that um, you do that and and try to replace your reaction 
in a new way by doing certain things, you know? Um, as, here's, here's a perfect, as a coach, I would always react out of anger when an athlete did not produce the action that I needed or I wanted. And I had to really figure out that why I reacted like that and why that triggered me and why I went off the handle and approach it with a different, um, a, with a different strategy, right? Um, and, and, and being stuck in that interaction part, it, interaction level is it, it, basically about peace, you know, uh, making peace, letting go of, of habits that you have, um, and, and, and trying to create new ones, finding new parts of you, creating new energy within you and making that piece of it. When you put all three together, uh, letting go is about acceptance, learning, and peace, right? Acceptance, learning, and peace. Uh, because letting go allows you to prepare for the new stage in your life, creating new habits, creating, opening up new realms about you, um, unlatching new truths, you know, because if you continue to hold on to, to things that are old and things that are, are burdens to you and things that, uh, have been with you for so long, new can't fit into your life. New things require a lot of space. Right. It's like how we say that we need to declutter our closets. How can we put new clothes in? How can we put new merchandise in if, if our old is taking up so much space and it no longer serves us? Right. So that's like the three different levels in which somebody can be stuck um, in, in aspects where they need to let go. Uh, like I was speaking of myself earlier, it's kind of the the mental level for me in which I was stuck or, or the interaction level because I got so used to having somebody around and being in a relationship with somebody and um, mentally uh, being like, well, you know, if I let this person go, does that mean, you know, that I, you know, I'm failing, stuff like that. And, and it's, a, it's, it's about having to learn and find peace. I'm hoping this makes sense. I really hope this makes sense, guys. Um, but you know, that's all fine and dandy, but why is it that letting go is so hard? And here's the other side of letting go. Why is it so difficult, right? And uh, I found this, and it says letting go is hard because... Letting go, letting go is hard because you must free yourself from the aspects of your past, right? So a lot of the times we're scared of, of, of letting go and letting that old go. We, we use it as a crutch sometimes, you know, um, you don't want to face the uncertainty. Um, a lot of us are afraid of change in, in that afraid of change comes from not knowing what comes next, the uncertainty, um, not really wanting to, um, have to deal with yourself. Uh, or in some levels, some people love being in victimhood. You know, it, it serves them a pur purpose because it gives them the attention that they are seeking or they're comfortable or that's all they know. You know what I'm saying? And, and let's side note on this. Let's be very careful um, of victimhood because a lot of times some people wear their, their battle scars as uh, 
with pride, which you should be proud for where you come from. You should be very proud of what you come from and what you conquered. But know that it's not your narrative. Know that it's not what makes it. It's not who you are. It's what you've been through. Like me, I, I say it all the time. I had bipolar disorder. I am not bipolar disorder. You know what I'm saying? I um, have been sexually abused. I'm not sexual abuse. I have been in domestic violence situations. I am not domestic violence. It's not who Dominique is. It's what she's been through. So I don't wear it as a badge of honor. I speak on it to bring awareness and, and, and to a test of my strength and where I've come from. But it's not who you meet when you first meet me. When you first see me, it's not, oh, somebody who's been through sexual trauma. Somebody who's dealt with domestic violence. Um, somebody who's dealing with a mental disorder. That's not who you meet. You get a chance to meet me. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people live in victimhood and, and, and like it because it gets them the sympathy or empathy that they so long for. It gives them a sense of um, attention. You know, um, the problem with living in victimhood, it gets old very quick. Okay, I'm going to say this out here because I see a lot of people who who play into that and do the woe is me thing. It gets old really quick. You probably got a good maybe three chances with it, okay? Before people just start to say, okay, girl or boy, let it go, okay? And it's not that they're being insensitive. It's a, it's, it, it, could, it could be a lot too that you, you harping your life so much on it that that's who you think you are. You know, some people uh, use it as a crutch. When something goes wrong in their life, their first thing is, oh, well, you know, I was sexually abused when I was six. And it's, it, I had this conversation with somebody, uh, with my ex, while he was going through his traumatic uh, experience. I told him, you, you look at your life as being a victim, right? Because he was saying, you know, well, this happened and my dad died and da, da, da. And I told him, you know, you're a survivor, right, of a lot of things that you've been through. You're a conqueror. You're still here on earth. And you cannot take. Okay, or let me say this better. It's not healthy for you to take trauma from years ago and 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 use it as an excuse of why you're acting the way you are now. Something that happened when you were 11 is not an excuse when you're 30 of poor choices and bad behavior. Right. And I'm saying this very cautiously because I don't want anybody to get offended. I told him, I have been through things when I was six. I don't, when stuff goes bad in my life and stuff goes wrong in my life or I make poor decisions, I don't sit there and attest it to something that happened when I was six or when I was 12. You know what I'm saying? I evaluate the situation and see what part I played into it and why I made that decision or that choice. That's living in victimhood. When you, when you crutch on something that's happening in your life and you don't ever let it go and you don't um, heal from it or try to heal from it, you, you lay in that victimhood. You get comfortable. You get, you know, that's all I know speech, you know? You can live beyond that. You can live beyond your trauma. You can live beyond your experience, but you have to let that go. And, and a part of another part of why it's so hard to let go is because of low self-worth. 
You feel guilty. Um, you create habits of self-sabotage, self-blame, or you go to the extreme of suicide, you know? Um, and, and it becomes a way of, you know, that's why I can't move forward. I can't let go because I'm afraid of what's going to come. I'm afraid if I take off this, this victimhood armor that I won't know who I am. I feel guilty because somehow I've taught myself that what happened is my fault. Um, I self-sabotage because I feel like my life has reached its plateau and I can't go any further. I'm scared of success. Um, I love chaos. There are some people now, mind you, I had, let me share a little story. I had somebody ask me um, in college was I, why I sabotaged myself. And was I scared of success? And um, it made me question, think like, am I scared of success? And why would I be scared of success? Well, it's because I'm a very A-type personality and I don't like the unknown. The unknown scares me because, I, you know, I don't, um, it's just really hard to grasp to not know what's coming next, right? So then I dealt with that and I started to really um, work on that. But somebody else asked me another question um, once I came out here, one of my mentors, and he asked me, Dominique, are you in love with chaos? And I said, what do you mean? And I think I mentioned it before on this podcast before. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you seem to, to not be able to function unless there's chaos in your life. You put yourself in situations in which cause turmoil, chaos, and drama. And then it made me think. Unknowingly, I did create these situations that I put myself in because that's what I was used to. When I became aware of that, I worked very hard to make sure and to check in with myself that I wasn't creating these realms of chaos just because it makes me feel comfortable i started pushing myself outside of the norm you know i.e why you know <laughs> this podcast was created which it pushed me out of my norm because i've been running away from it for so long um just really letting go of the uh the perceptions of of being a victim and 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 living there and thinking that that's who I was. Now that's a side note, but you know, like I said, I've been seeing people recently living in victimhood and wearing it as a badge of honor instead of moving forward and then becoming stuck and stagnant and won't let that narrative go. Um, so I've been talking a lot about letting it go, letting it go, letting it go. But then you ask me, Dom, how do you let it go? What, what, do you, what do you do to let it go? Like, it sounds all nice and easy in theory, but, you know, what is the process of really letting it go? Well, it's kind of like going through the grief, not kind of, it's like going through the grieving process. Uh, and, and very much so like going through the grieving process when you think about it. And I'm going to break that down for y'all, okay? So, the process of moving on. There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, right? So the first step is denial. Well, the first process is denial. Um, it's when you can be shocked or speechless, um, avoiding the issue, 
uh, not really grasping or accepting the reality of what has happened. Okay, you're kind of like in a in a position where you're like, nah, that couldn't have really happened, or oh my God, I can't believe that happened, or you just keep replaying it, trying to make make trying to make the situation make sense, trying to grasp hold of of a reality in a way, right? Now, usually, this process is this stage is short lived. Most people can snap back into it and be like, all right, well, guess what, this happened, but. Some people go to as far as becoming delusional and, and will stay in this state of denial until their grave, you know? And, and, and the saddening part is that um, that's no way to live. You have to accept things for what they are. Mind you, I'm speaking to myself too as I, as I say this. I'm speaking to myself. You have to accept the things for what they are. You have to stop fighting and resisting what something really is and making your own narrative of what it is. It is what it is, plain and simple, right in front of your face. You have to take that and, and accept that that's what happened. That is a reality. Even as far-fetched as it may seem and as out-of-pocket as it may be, it is a reality that has happened and has occurred in your life. You have to accept that. The next stage is anger. The questioning of, why me? How could this happen to me? Why? And becoming angry at that individual, the situation, the result, the um, outcome, or anybody, and lashing out. Um, um, that that is the next stage because you're trying to you you now you have accepted this thing as being reality, but now it's like okay, now why is this a reality? Why is it that, that this is what I have to deal with or had to deal with? That, that anger that welled up inside. But once again, this is a stage in which people can get stuck in. In which people can harp on because it just absolutely makes no sense to them in a way. But it's a stage that you must come out of. Because you can't be mad at the whole world. You can't stay mad. You have to stand up for yourself. And you have to accept that change. Mind you, you hear what I'm saying? The first two steps are about acceptance. Do you hear? They're about acceptance, right? Okay. So the next step is bargaining. And it's a stage when you cling to this irrational hope um, when the facts say otherwise, okay? Um, you, 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 it's the what ifs. Um, you make certain promises to bring us, to bring you back to a life you once knew before the situation. It's not really about moving forward. Forward, it's about bringing back what you once knew, you know. But you know, it's kind of a tricky stage. It's about learning yourself and learning oneself and how far um, you'll go. Bargaining, right? So I shared with some people that I I expressed. Um, that I made a vow to God 
in my last relationship that if he protects me or brings me out of the situation, that I will be completely his and give myself completely to him. And in that moment, that was me bargaining. You know, in a way of trying to bring some type of normalcy back to my life. And as I sit back now, I really think, well, Dominique, did you really mean that when you said it? Or was it said, was it said to be said? Was it said to help you cope, you know? Even now I have thoughts of, well, if this individual gets better, does that mean that, you know, like, God, if they get better, that means that I can can pursue them again because, you know, there was a connection there. And it's trying to put up a hope that I know there's a possibility to not be true, to hold on to something and, and to and to just have it in my back pocket just in case. But in actuality, it's a way to keep me stuck and to keep me burdened um, because I'm not sure if that hope will come to pass. It's something that I can grasp hold to and, 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 and it's something that can kind of get me through. And I don't want to do that. I, w- I want complete, you know, moving forward. I want com- a new slate. So and in that aspect, in this bargaining stage that I'm slowly coming out of, I'm learning learning myself, learning aspects of myself of, of am I really making these promises for true or am I making them just to have something to hold on to? Makes you think, right? Um, the next stage is depression. And uh, this is the stage where I think that I'm entering and I can be very candid and really open about it and accepting about it because um I'm working through it. And it's just the stage in which you felt you like you lost everything. You're not ready to fully accept um, everything that's happened. Uh, grieving, feeling hopeless, still trying to wrap your head around everything. Um, just feel empty and feel drained. And I know this is where I'm residing right now because... Um, I'm sleeping a lot more, um, losing interest in a lot of things that interest me, um, just becoming disassociated, um, just really not wanting to speak or talk or engage with others, um, keeping just to myself in my own bubble. Now, the reason why I'm not afraid of this is because it's not severe as it could be. I, I've, I struggle with depression all the time um, and anxiety. It goes with my disorder. Um, but I'm in a medium place, meaning I'm very aware of my depressed state and I'm able to work through that. Some days are good. Some days are just bad. You know, some days I have some highs. Some days I have some lows. And I am just trying to grasp the acceptance of where I'm at. For example, yesterday was a day 
that, you know, I missed the relationship. I missed the person. Um, I was reminiscing on old memories and all stuff like that. And I was a little sad. You know, today's been a little bit of a better day. Picked me up a little bit more. And I'm um, understanding why the relationship had to stop. You know? Um, But I'm not quite prepared to fully accept that is done. And 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 that's the part that I love about my self-awareness is that I'm being candid and I'm being honest with myself. That I know I'm not ready to accept it. I'm not ready for that last stage. I'm not ready for my n- new reality and I have yet to find the inner peace with all of it, you know? I still have some anxiety. I still gr- am grieving. I'm still remorseful. I'm still, you know, there. And I know it's going to take some time because it wasn't just a fly by night thing. It just wasn't just a little thing. It was a, it's a big part of my life, you know, feeling seen by someone who, who was my friend. took time to get to know me and accepted me for who I am. And that's something I've always wanted. Somebody that just, you know, a partner that accepts me for who I am and I can be candid with and, and can know my imperfections and still call me love, still look at me as one of the most beautiful women they've ever seen in their life, still accept me and, and, and want me and show me off and be proud of me, even knowing my imperfections. And I still have fears. I still have fears that I'll probably never find that again. I still have fears that, you know, I still have those fears. That's the state I'm in right now. And I'm trying to daily while talking with my therapist and reading my books and praying and, 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 you know, pouring into myself and taking care of myself, that I will find it again. It will find me. And that this time for myself is time for me. Not because I don't love myself. Because I do. I love Dominique. But because I have to let go of old ideas of where I think my life should be and stop believing that I haven't made leaps and bounds because I haven't hit these goals I set for myself when I was 10. And I have to start making more realistic goals for myself and and being okay and not paying attention to what society says I should be as a young woman. And understanding my life will play out the way it's destined to be. And being okay with that. I'm not ready to accept that yet. Not saying that I won't. I've just not found that aha moment that helps me accept that truth. 
So yet I'm not at the final stage of acceptance is when, and, and that in itself is when you have a new inner peace, a new reality. Um, you've expressed and you allowed yourself to have the grief, the anger, the depression, and the regret. And now you can move, oh, oh, move forward. And let me tell you guys, I, it's okay that I'm not at the acceptance yet. It's only been a week. Only been a week since the breakup. It's only been a week. It's only been a week. And though it will take time, I, I will work diligently to, to, to be better. You know? Actively working to be better. Actively working to diminish any fears or lack of confidence that I might have. Working to grasp hold of what reality is, the black and white of a situation, and understanding that it's okay. And I encourage you guys to do the very same. It's not going to be peachy keen trying to let go of something and really, um, you know, trying to evaluate what serves you purpose. It's a, it's a working, it's a working progress, just like your journey to mental health and to getting better. It's a process. But if you stay stagnant and refused, refused to let go and refuse to move forward, then you will live in that state of victimhood. You will live in that state and your life will, will then become you just living in your past. Instead of being present and moving towards your future. Letting go is about letting a new, opening a new chapter of your life. Doesn't matter how many chapters are new. It's good for you. The art of letting go is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful skill to learn. Have you guys ever seen the meme of, um, you know, it says the things that we hold on to the most could be the very things that kill us. And this is this, this person holding on to this rope. And as they hold tighter and tighter to the rope, they're starting to be like they're, they're hurting themselves more and more and more. And they don't even realize it. Because there's this idea of, I need this. This is what I need. I can't let go of this. If I don't, if I, if I let go of this, I'll have nothing. It's kind of like, you know, not to bring politics in it, but it's kind of like the Trump supporters being scared of letting go of the idea of Trump being president. Because they've said it themselves, life will never be the same, or our America, they're stealing our America, blah, 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 all this stuff like that. But you're realizing letting go of him being your president doesn't change white privilege. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't change the idea of white privilege at all. It doesn't change it. It will still exist. But the uncertainty with, with, with Trump supporters is that they don't know where they would fit in with a new president. Let's be honest. 
Yes, privilege will still be there, but they don't know or they won't feel comfortable not having hatred being spewed out of the mouth of the commander of the country. Mm-hmm. Just a little tidbit of a stall in there that I put in there. <laughs> but, uh, and I'm saying this as I say to you guys, let your heart experience acceptance for new. Really look into yourself and see, what am I not letting go of? What is something that I will not get rid of that no longer serves me a purpose? Why am I holding on to that thing so much? Learn about yourself and then make peace about it. Let me tell y'all, talking to my therapist has helped me let go of a lot of things, a lot of things. And it's helped me to realize new pathways that I want for myself and for my life. And though it's not always beautiful and some days I, I, I struggle, let, I'm letting go each day more and more of different aspects in my life to make me feel whole, to help me move forward in life. Everybody should try it. And everybody should find that peace. I'm not saying it's all going to happen at once. It's not going to happen on one day. But start to take those steps towards letting go of things that no longer serve you any purpose. And start living. Start living. That's all I got for y'all. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know what time it is. It's the self-care tip of the week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't hold that note. I'm so sorry that hurt. And, I, you know, I should probably delete this and do it over, but I'm not going to. Um, it's the self-care tip of the week where we come and we give self-care tips in order to help us move forward in life and continue to be okay. Um this week's self-care tip of the week uh, might seem a little weird and a lot of you guys might not agree with me, but that's absolutely fine. Um, this self-care tip I've actually been doing for a very long time. Um, I've been doing it for some years, actually. Um, this week's self-care tip is just to remove the television out of your room. And hear me out, hear me out before you listen, 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 listen. Before you get upset, hear me out. Okay, how many times have you sat in your room just watching TV, going numb, won't move, or anything of that nature, right? And some may say, Dominique, that sounds like a great thing to do, or that feels like, you know, that's probably good, you know, that you get to rest. Okay, but listen to me, listen, realistically, you can have things to do, things that you need to get done, right? And you're just sitting there engulfed with the TV, talking about it's background noise. You know it's not no background noise. You're engulfed in it. You become so... um um um, just, just into it that you don't even realize it anymore, especially if it's something that you've been doing for years. Right. So like, what's the point of doing that? 
What's the point of having the TV in the room and you just staring at the screen all day? Also, when you're trying to get sleep and you really need to get some rest, some of us have a bad habit of turning on the TV until we fall asleep. Now, don't get me wrong. Once again, I understand that that could be you know, helpful for people to fall asleep. I did it for many years uh, when I was in college. But I also started realizing it kept me up later. Even though I was tired and trying to, quote unquote, fall asleep, I would fight it um, to watch the content that was on the TV, whether it was interesting or not. It was just the fact that the light was beaming on me and it was on. And I found myself not getting restful sleep, not getting adequate enough sleep. So when I first moved out here to um, to. Uh, Arizona, I made it a mission also because I did not have funds. <laughs> I didn't have a TV in my um, in my room, my personal room at all. I would have it in the living room and I would have to force myself to get up off the couch when I was tired and to go to bed. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not that successful at this. OK, let me let me say that. Sometimes I still fall asleep on the couch. Um and and sometimes I don't wake up until the morning. You know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes life just overtakes me and that's the route I take. But I've been cautiously, um, not cautiously, I've been consciously, no, I think cautiously is the word. <laughs> I've just been making it more aware to myself that I need, when I am tired, I need to get myself up and take myself into my bed and sleep on my bed. Despite how interesting the show is, despite how I might feel depressed and slumped, anything of that nature, I need to get myself up, um, set my alarm and go to bed so that I can get adequate amount of rest. Um, And I've been practicing that really heavily a lot more um, these past couple of weeks. Um, making myself to get up and go into my bedroom. Um, I've been finding that my sleep has been a lot easier. My sleep has been a lot more peaceful and I'm ha- I'm not having as much of a difficult time waking up. Um, I'm able to, even though it's still dark outside, I'm able to wake up to my alarm, be aware. I still might lay there for, for, for a few. That's why I set my alarm like an hour, like 45 minutes earlier than I have to wake up. But it allows me to, wake up um, in peace. It allows me to get sleep and it allows my mind to rest because I really have a horrible problem with letting my mind rest. All in all, I'm telling you guys, just removing the television out of your room makes a difference. Or even this, put a timer on it so that even if you are still up, when that thing goes off, it is time for you to close your eyes. You have to start taking care of your body. And an ample way to take care of your body is letting it rest and recharge, not for four to five hours. And like I said, I'm not judging anybody. I lived like that for so many years. Just, uh, and bragged about it too. Oh, I can sleep off for three or four hours, I'm good. And realized that it was taking a toll on my mental and on my physical. So, what I suggest to you guys, is to really, really either set a timer or take a TV out of your room. Watch and and just do it and see if it it makes a change in how you sleep. Seriously. 
Now, that doesn't mean you go in the room and you take your phone and you're just scrolling, okay, until you fall asleep. Actually, go into your room and sleep. Try it. Might make a difference. I know it will, but, you know, just try All right, my beautiful people, as always, it is a wonderful experience to have you guys listening every week. Let me tell y'all, like, even when I'm going through something, to be able to have this platform to talk about not only my experience, but research I've done on certain things, uh, it's it's great. Um, You guys have become like my digital diary, uh, you know, and um, I just love that, you know, you guys accept the candidness and you guys accept um, everything that I offer. It, it, it's, it's very humbling and I appreciate it and it helps me to move forward um, in even aspects of my life where I'm struggling. Um, there's never a time that I'm on here that I don't take these words that I'm saying to myself to heart as well. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a self-care tip, whether it's the, uh, the contents of what we're talking about, um, whether it's you guys writing in, whatever it is, I take it all to heart and, and, and I, I'm appreciative of, of the community that we're building. I know I say it every week, but trust me, I mean it. I'm so appreciative of the community in which we have built, um, together, I want to hear from you guys as always. Love to hear from you guys. Um, uh, want to, you know, want to make sure that we uh, want to make sure that we are on one accord, you know. So um, you can always email us in at mentalmindbiz at gmail.com. That's mentalmindbiz. B-I-Z at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us on all social media platforms at underscore mind yo biz. Once again, that's underscore mind yo biz, B-I-Z-Z on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, you can DM on there as well. Follow the content, like, subscribe, um, ding for, uh, put us into your, uh, ding so we can get, you can get our notifications and stuff like that. So you can keep abreast of what's going on. Guys, I want to say we have a website. Ah! I told y'all that my goal for January was to get a website. Um, still in the process of editing, editing it, um, putting some little gits and gadgets on there, trying to make it uh, uh, more, um, you know, so it can be manageable and you guys can navigate it through it, navigate through it pretty easy. Um, Just I'm looking forward to really dropping that and getting you guys all to visit and, and tell me what you think. And, you know, just having a place where it's our website, it's us. It's, it's our community um, where you can talk even more freely. So that is that is soon to come. Um, I, I can't thank you guys enough for always tuning in and supporting. Um, thank you for the likes, the shares, the subscriptions, the, the feedback. Um, greatly appreciate it. Um, definitely feels like a family. And, and that's what I love about us. It's a family. It's a... It's a, it's, it's a family. Um, so remember, we're growing each day. We're getting better. Uh, take care of yourselves and protect your magic. You are loved. You are appreciated. Um, you are significant. You matter. And I love you all dearly, individually and collectively. Uh, y'all have a great Friday. Friday! 
I forgot to say that earlier. It's Friday. So y'all have a great day. And um, be safe, my people. My beautiful, beautiful people. <laughs> now, where's my outro music at? <laughs>